I have never met a Christian who would not want to change, who would not want to move from a degree of glory to another. I have never met a, a sincere Christian who wouldn't want to change and to have things in himself that are hindering his growth in the Lord and his influence in this community in which he lives or she lives. I have never met a, a, a sincere Christian who wouldn't want to have the Lord change his attitude uh, towards him himself in the first place uh, and also towards his people, even towards sinners. So we are not free to behave in this way that we want to behave if we ever uh, signed up to be the followers of Christ Jesus. And that is why Jesus told his disciples that uh, you should love one another uh, as I have loved you. I think I left it out uh, with the kids this morning. As I have loved you, and how did he love us? How did he love us? He loved us to the cross. He, he denied himself. He, must, uh, he said, I must go to, the, uh, to Jerusalem. I must deny myself. And even though being found as God, yet uh, for the sake of, of the redeeming uh, people for myself, people uh, that God has created for, for his glory alone, who have been lost in sin, I'm coming to redeem them so that they can be again transformed and brought back to God and they can really achieve the purposes for which they were created and to know their dignity and to know their humanity is worth. So that is why as Christians, you just don't go and just throw yourself uh, off uh, uh, a mountain or train station if you are, you, because this life is so precious, was meant to bring glory to God. And as you live this life, you know if you live it under God, you will have all the grace, all the joy, uh, all the, uh, the, the knowledge of, 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 of life, what it is. You see, even when you are struggling, uh, how to respond. When you are prosperous, how to respond. You see, so all these things you will never know apart from the fact that uh, from uh, being uh, a believer in Christ, being, uh, having surrendered your life to Christ. And I know it is by grace and grace alone. No one can do it in their own strength. Even after you believe also, uh, you need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, so that we are not proud Christians walking around uh, with our worldviews that are not of God. And so I myself I, I'm uh, included, all of us, we are likely uh, to, to depart from God. And so I'm saying this, so our aim is, should be like changing from uh, uh, time to time, uh, from a degree of, of obedience to another, from a degree of joy to another, surrender to Christ, humility. Even if you think that you are humble, no, you are not. So you can go even further in humility, isn't it? So there is always a room to increase. Not always just when we want to eat and they say, oh, there is room to eat. <laughs> no. When we walk with the Lord, there is room <laughs> for us to grow in, in the knowledge of God and, and to be like Jesus. And you know what? Uh, the disciples, they were known as uh, uh, that they were the disciples of Jesus Christ, the way they were uh, acting, the, the boldness, the joy, the freedom they had. And, and so and people were wondering why these people are so unique, why they are so different. Aha, and then they realized that they had been with Jesus. So if you have been with Jesus, <laughs> uh, uh, people will know, isn't it? And so let us not uh, be deceived or even deceive ourselves. So what is it wha that I want to bring to us today and to see as an opportunity for us to change and to, and to grow? So I say uh, every Christian or people in the world, they say every new year they have resolutions, isn't it? So they say new year resolutions. Someone will say like, oh, I want to lose five kilos maybe <laughs> or even three. Uh, some would want to say like, oh, 
uh, I want to improve at my career, I'm going to do a short course that uh, will help me to get to the next level of, uh, of uh, uh, in my company. <laughs> you see, so people have all sorts of things, isn't it? I'm going to be fit. I'm going to. I'm going to stop uh, sugar. I can give you a list of resolutions that you can make, isn't it? Or even I want to love my husband more. Uh, this year I was just taking extra shift and my, uh, my husband was really feeling his need and being left lonely. Or even the opposite is true. Or I haven't been saying nice words to my wife or to my husband. So this year I'm going really to change my language. You see, so you can do all sorts of things. But I am persuaded to uh, bring to you what I thought of, to myself as, as, as a resolution, as a good resolution for a new year, 2023, uh, and, and that is to be found in the Word of God. Uh, and I just encourage you, so next year, or even now, if you had a list of the things that I have mentioned, please try uh, to include uh, this uh, in, the, in the list of your resolutions. I hope uh, they are meaningful, they are good, uh, but you will find that even this will be even much more better. And we find it in the, in the character of David himself. David, uh, a man we know in the first uh, Samuel, I share this with my uh, fellow brothers and sisters who came on the 8th of January. And please, if you remember this, uh, just bear with me because there are many people who haven't heard this. And I'm also persuaded that probably you forgot it. <laughs> this is an opportunity for you also to remember it, because that was what I was sharing with my colleagues on Friday. I said, oh, what did you say all that? I said, oh, yeah, that, that even gave me more motivation to, to preach it today. Well, you know King David, after he was anointed to be the king of Israel, he was facing a lot of challenges from Saul, the king Saul, because King Saul was rejected by God, and that is why the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. King. This is David. God has anointed David to be the king. He has rejected uh, Saul because Saul failed to have the right resolutions. He failed to walk with God. He failed to, uh, to honor God. Uh, he, he was called to follow instructions. And so that is why there is dangers for our, danger for us as followers of Christ. If we want to live after we have been saved, like Saul, he was, he, was, he was anointed as king, and yet he failed to honor the God who has raised him up over his people, over God's people, uh, to look after them. So if we are called to live in a certain way and we want to live like Saul, I think that will be very dangerous. So here is king, anointed. And yet this man started, if you were coming to our evening services, so he was pursuing him from place to place. He wanted to kill him. So if, if Saul and David were in this country, uh, living in our day and age, there will be... Uh, a warrant, isn't it? An arrest warrant for Saul, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or am I not uh, right, the lawyers? Because this is clear to everybody. He is after someone who hasn't done anything. Is that relevant to you and I today? Also, we can face really issues that we have not contributed to. You find yourself in a situation where you didn't do anything wrong, and yet you find yourself under fire all the time. As a child of God, how are you going to respond to this? 
David was anointed by God and he was called to lead Israel. And yet he is finding himself under the threat of this man pursuing him from place to place. How David was going to respond. So there is something for us, a lesson for, for us to learn from the life of this man. Who saw himself as someone in the hand of God. For God purposes. Are you in God's hand? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have been saved for a purpose and that you are a child of God and, and, and you have a relationship with Christ who has promised you that I will not leave you, nor forsake you? Do you believe this? And if all this trouble come upon you like this, how are you going to respond? Losing a job. You see, health, persecuted workplace, in a school, like bullying in a school, you see, your peers do not like you. They hate you for, for different reasons. Maybe you don't look like them. You don't have the same accent like them. Maybe they think they are much more beautiful than you. How are you going to respond as someone who, who has come to this realization that I'm a child of God. And God cares for me. And I'm so beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, David found himself running. And I, I, I want to give you five things to think seriously. I, want, I will repeat them over and over. Next 15 minutes and then I should be done. So that you remember them. So we left deliberately six verses from, from chapter 23, First Samuel. If you have your Bibles there, please open it. First verses. These first verses... They teach us that God, who has called us to work with him, he, he, he speaks to us. He speaks to us. He speaks to us. He encourages us. I'm not going to repeat what Alex and, and Arnes uh, preached in the last few weeks. I was following their preaching. And they talk about how do we hear God and things like that. I'm not going to repeat them. But I just want to emphasize the fact that God is speaking to his people. And when God speaks to you, do not go against the voice of the Lord to you. Do not. That is the first point. And we read this in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 to, to 6. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kela and are looting this, the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, go attack the Philistines and save Kela." But David's men said to him, Here in Judah we are afraid. How much more than if we go to Kela against the Philistine forces? Once again David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Kela, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kela, fought, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kela. Here a king who was running for his life, but because he has a sense of responsibility, being anointed for the well-being of God's people, he took it upon his heart to go and save the people who were living in that city called Kela. He himself is hiding away from this place. But when he heard that the Philistines are coming to destroy God's people and to take away their livelihood, and then he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said to him, go, go save that place. 
These are my people. And guess what? There is a man of God who is living in that place, Abiathar, a high priest. The man who is leading God's people in worship and inquiring of the Lord for the people. So when David inquired of the Lord, just this is what happened. He heard the Lord saying to him, go do this. But again, because the situation is so difficult, his followers, his men, they said, well, look, we are far from the danger. And we are feeling afraid. How much more if we go and attack these people? We will not survive. And of course, this voice is is intimidating, isn't it? Brought fear to David's heart. How many times we fear, even when we heard the Lord speaking to us, telling us to do this very thing. Just maybe quit your job. And they say, oh, you cannot. Some people will tell you, if you quit your job, how are you going to live? Well, the Lord told me, well, has the Lord really spoke to you? And then you go again, inquire of the Lord, and the Lord will say, yes, quit your job. How are you going to, 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 to follow? What are you going to do here? You are sure you heard the Lord. The Bible is saying, David heard the Lord. Is the Lord. Do we believe the word of God? Do we believe it? If we believe it, the, God, the Lord God said that to David. And David, even these men said this. He didn't want to depart from God. He didn't want to disobey his voice. So again, to to be sure, he went and inquired of the Lord again. I'm not going to dwell on the methods of that because we know ourselves now. You can even kneel down at your bedside and pray, isn't it? You You can seek the Lord. You can seek the Lord. How many times you have asked the Lord specifically, and I'm not going to share any testimony of mine, of, of how the Lord God responded to me. I always say that, and then I give you one thing. He said, oh, you have lied. Oh, please forgive me. <laughs> okay, what shall I do now? Yeah, you see? Yeah. So this man, he had this in his heart, that he will not go against the Lord, the voice of the Lord. If you are a believer, make sure that when you seek the Lord, he will lay something on your heart, and you will have peace, tremendous peace, and an urge to do the very thing that the Lord is urging you to do. Just to be nice to that friend. And then just like to, to, to share your lunch with someone you see that is lonely or has nothing. Whatever the Lord may lay on your heart to do, do it. Do it. For after all, the Lord, your work is a journey with the Lord. He hasn't finished yet. So the Lord is, is ushering you to your destiny. From degree of glory to another. You heard me saying, we need to grow in the Lord, in our knowledge of the Lord. You know what? The growth. How do you assess the growth? You see, the thing that used to freak you a long time ago, they don't anymore, isn't it? Because you have grown with the Lord, isn't it? You have grown up with the Lord in terms of like experience in, in, in knowing how to fight your battles. And we will hear another point about that. You see? So... In your work with the Lord, shedding tears and people abusing you and praying and, and finding peace with God. And so, and so now you learn that whenever you are abused, you can go to the Lord and he will strengthen you and he will give you all the grace and you will grow and you will witness. You will be a true witness for Christ. That is what the Lord wants from us. He wants to build us up. He just doesn't want people who have no problem and people who are just nice and, and just like, Wishy-wishy, or how do you say it? No, no, no. He wants us to be real people. Even when we are getting it wrong, we can come back to him and correct us. So that is the thing. But we want to be real with the Lord. 
And we want to be real with one another and to avoid sin. And to avoid to go against the teaching of Christ. And we have heard in the New Testament. Jesus came into this world. He was bringing a kingdom and he was teaching. This is what I'm studying in the book of Acts. Well now, do not, don't do that. I'm encouraging you. Don't do that. David didn't do that. And guess what? The result was the fact that even though they assessed their situation, they were a small in number. To march against Philistines, they were like 600 only. But because the Lord was with them, they were able to conquer. They were able to save their, 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 their livelihood and also even to, to carry out, you see, their life, livestock. That was what was happening. You defeat an army, you take everything, you see. But now we take territories. Maybe we, we disarm the kingdom of darkness and we win souls. No wonder why we are not winning soul. Maybe we are not hearing the Lord. Maybe we are not growing with the Lord. Maybe we are harboring really wrong thoughts in, in our hearts. We don't love Christ as we should. So now this man again inquired of the Lord, and the Lord confirmed this to him, Say, I am going to give the Philistine into your hand. You personally, you are going to witness this victory. You are going to enjoy what I'm doing. Yourself? That is what is happening. Jesus conquered on the cross. He conquered himself, not someone else, isn't it? He finished the work himself, and he was, and he was raised to glory, you see, and seated above heavenly places. He enjoyed the victory himself, and that is why he said, uh, as I have loved you, I, I have saved you, you see. It's me, my death saved you on the cross. This is what... Uh, David is, is, is experiencing here with his men. His men also, they were really, they joined. One thing that came as a thought to me also, uh, as a leader, when you are truly under God, whatever you bring to your people, God will give you grace in the eyes of your people and authority to, and confirmation that this is from God and they will line up with what is happening. You see, he was not looting over people and forcing them, taking them by hands. He was inquiring of the Lord. And the Lord was confirming that I will be with, with all of you. You are a mighty army of God. You see, and that is very important in whatever you do as a leader. Even for me in my house, sometimes we just want our children to listen to us and we force them and we, we do it. You see, but we need God's grace to enable us to have this authority flow down. And our children capturing this, that this is really the right way. So we need to cry out for this. And for those who, those who have no children even yet, you begin to pray about this. I tell you this experience. When I was working with a group of people, and so we were praying. So we, we had Wednesday, like a, a, a day of prayer. And so let us, they said, let us pray for our children. I didn't have a child. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have even a girlfriend to date. <laughs> you see, so nothing. But uh, people were, they, they say, let us pray for our children. Well, I dragged my feet and I stood and I started to pray for my children. Do I have children now? <laughs> so there's nothing that happens like in vain within the company of God's people, you see. So we need also to realize that. So let us listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in one another and honor one another and love one another from the heart. That was what happened with David and his people. So his people loved him so much. And so they, they trusted him that he wouldn't endanger their life. That is why he was saying, 
he went for the second time to inquire of the Lord. I dwell on this part <laughs> so long. We want to cut our services into half, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, you have heard the first one. You see, do not go against the voice of the Lord when he is speaking to you. Don't do that. Secondly, learn to fight your battles through the Lord. Verse 9. Learn to battles to fight your battles through the Lord. When you are facing a lot of issues and problems and bullying and problems and troubles and so forth, please, please make sure that the Lord is in the picture. What is verse 9 saying? Saul was told, that is verse, verse 7, that this, this man is in danger, David. So David is our case study. So Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. And he said, God has handed him over to me because that place was fortified, was a big, a, a very, a very, a very strategic, it's a place where you can take refuge. And so Saul said to himself, well, now David is in that place, and this place has only one gate, I'm going to trap him in. God has given, what kind of God is that? You see, you see God cannot be on both sides, you see. If God is, is, is if, if you are doing something wrong against a believer, and so God can, cannot be on your side, uh, and be also on the other person's side. There will always be one person right. David was right here in this case. And so that is why you don't want to put yourself in a place where you want to be found in the wrong. That is not God's way. And that is why we humble ourselves. We are called to humble ourselves. Not to really go against other people. Even sinners themselves. We can only intercede and bring the message of salvation that if you put your trust in Christ, you will be saved and, 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 and that you will be added into the body of Christ and you will be waiting for his glorious return and that you can enjoy the blessings of, of the fellowship that Christians have. When they speak, they speak a different language, language of grace. And all year they pray for one another. <laughs> so this is, this is the thing. So Saul thought that God was on his side. Well, God was not on his side. For David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up all his forces for battle. And you hear his forces are massive, isn't it? Who would want to, to go and fight a very trained army, U.S. Marines or Australian forces, special forces? Maybe I and Joey and other three men who we may decide how we want to go and fight these people and attack them. <laughs> with no training, with nothing, and so forth. It's just like enormous, isn't it? But with God, there's nothing impossible. So this is what happens. Saul came with a lot of his army, great men uh, of war. Uh, when David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring the effort. Bring the effort. Bring the presence of God. What is the effort? Effort that was like a piece, piece of cloth, a uh, tunic, that has uh, the names of the 12 tribes inscribed on that part. And that represents uh, uh, the covenant. It's a covenant reminding God of the covenant that he has made with the people of Israel. And that we are your people. We are under you. That is what really uh, this effort is, is representing here. Bringing this to the battle, calling this high priest, man of God, uh, who represents, uh, who comes and represents uh, God's people before God and represents God's before God's people. 
He's acting here like a prophet, a prophet and a priest here. So David learned to fight his battles with the Lord. He learned to rely on the Lord himself. And so he called this man to bring the effort so that they come and inquire of the Lord, the God of Israel. Even here they call him the God of Israel. The God of Israel. The God who has promised to be with his people. Jesus said the same thing. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you to the end. So David learned this and giving us an example of what it is to be a man and a woman of God. To be a child of God. And also to see God fulfilling all his plans for your life. Uh, David is giving us this, uh, these lessons. O Lord of Israel, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to kill and destroy the town on account of me. So here, yeah, that was what he was he's inquiring of the Lord. O Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. So he is just wrestling with the Lord. He's praying uh, to the Lord. And so, so I just want to leave this with you. I tell you, learn to fight your battles through the Lord. Jesus even prayed, prayed. When he was facing the, the cross, he was praying always. He was praying, relying on his Father. And if Jesus relied on his Father... Who are we not to rely on Christ our Lord himself for the power and grace that is, at, that is there for us? And now the third thing, I want to move quickly to the third thing. The third thing is like, do not blame those who mistreat you as long as to the best of your knowledge. You are sanctifying the Lord in your heart. That you are right with the Lord. Knowing that you are not holding anything against anyone. So do not blame anyone. That is what David was doing here. So now he went to this place. He conquered for them. He delivered them from their enemies. And now Saul heard that he... Uh, David is there and he's coming now to destroy, to destroy him and to kill him. And then now he went and he inquired of the Lord. Will these people give me over to the hand of Saul? What did the Lord say? This is what he said in verse 11. Will the, city, the citizens of Kela surrender me to Saul or to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will. Saul will come and the people of Kela will hand you over to him. You see, and yet, what is the response here in, in David's heart? He didn't blame these people. He just he sneaked out and he started running <laughs> for his life. How come? Well, I endanger myself, my life. I came, though few in number, and I came and I fought for you and have delivered you. And now you are giving me over to my enemy. What is that? Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> Maybe a colleague who bought them coffees and then a few lunches a few months ago. I stood for them in a meeting and did everything. And actually even you went over, over things uh, in defense of the friend. And yet now denying you altogether and siding with and with your enemies. So we, we are likely to feel like that. 
and it will happen. If it hasn't happened with you, I just promise you it will happen with you. You will be betrayed unless you are not a child of God. Because these are things that God may ordain to prune you and to usher you into your destiny. So do not blame these people because these, if they have, have done anything wrong against you, if they have really acted like people are killer, for whom David came and rescued them and saved their lives and resources, how come they would not support him against Saul? God knows what, was, what he was doing. Because the very act of these people is ushering David into his destiny. So do not, do not blame people. Maybe the very bad things they do against you, these are the things that maybe they help you to make the right decision. You see? Like Saul, he was just like, like David. He was just moving ahead. Because God is going to show him more and more of himself. When I was going to Saudi, when I went to Saudi Arabia, I told the congregation here that I just want to know that if the Lord is with me. <laughs> and he proved that to me, that he was with me. Just to know that is a degree of growth with the Lord himself. So that whenever I go down and I go into darkness and so things are dark, you know that he is with you, you know. But God is with you. So is David going through darkness? Is going through a hard time? Was he going? Yeah, we are learning this lesson. So do not blame these people. Because David didn't blame them. So all that he did. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Killer and kept moving from place to place. You see, they kept moving from place to place, safe, just like that. It's just like coming to, as a refugee to this country. I think I was in a better position because I had some clothes and I got books that I love. So I, um, book, books and clothes. <laughs> it was a thing I got. And then a visa to Australia. Okay? But other people, they came just with a visa in their hands and with like a short at the Melbourne airport and, or Perth or whatever. And people asked them, where are your luggage? I said, no, no, this is the only thing I have. You see? Just like that. Just this is the only thing I have. Just how about that? Now we complain we have a lot of things. Even we are not thankful for the fact that we are alive to praise God and to worship him. For the dead cannot praise him. They are in glory. But here to experience God and walk with him and to serve his purposes here on earth. And that is why we go to mission. We go to evangelize because unless we touch every place in this world, Christ will never return. He said the gospel of, of peace will be preached and then the end shall come. Well, let me move on. Do not do that. These men, they move from place to place. So he stayed in the desert, the strongholds, and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. God will not do that. And God will not give you over to the hands of your enemies. Remember Micah 7, 8. Do not gloat over me, O my enemy. If I fall, I shall rise. And if I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Have that confidence in your God. Have that confidence in your God. David, certainly, he knows this. God will not give him over. I love this verse also in Psalm 27, verse 12, which says that, what is it? Yeah, verse 12. Uh, do, not, do not give me over to the desire of my enemy. 
See, this is one of the verses I used to pray a lot about in Arabic many, many, many years ago. See, fill your mind with this knowledge of God that God will not give you over. David has demonstrated this to us and so forth. Uh, Fourthly, God will not deliver you into the hands of your enemies. So this is, you need to know this. He will not give you over to the desire of your enemies. And so David was in trouble, but God was with him. He will not give you up. In his state, he will use every means to help you. You see, he will use every means to help you and to assure you of his presence. And now he will use Jonathan in verse 16. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. That was what, that was what they, they, uh, uh, David was uh, asking of, of his friends. And just saying in passing, just for your encouragement in verse in this point four, God always will have someone for you to help you out. God will have, will give you someone who is very kind towards you. Always. You will not be alone. You will never, as a child of God. He may close this door, but he will open other, go- other doors so that we know he's not confined to one place. God is, is, is great. He's glorious. He's far bigger than what you think. Even from the streets, he can raise up someone to be kind and act for you in such a way that you will be blown away if you are in his will. And so that is why he raised up Jonathan. And, and Jonathan here, when David said to him, Do not, do, don't, don't give me over to your father, oh, oh Jonathan. That is, that is because David, David went to, 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 to Jonathan. And together they were talking among themselves. Jonathan said to David, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Is that the voice of the Lord to you today? In your situation, whatever you are facing, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Don't. Your God is so good. Finally. 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 You know that Saul is still after this man, isn't it? It's not finished. <laughs> you see? So even though David was given assurance uh, that he will not be handed over, Saul was just like he's still doing, going ahead, going, trying to capture this man. And so what happens? So Saul was going along one side of the mountain. So now he's really trapping this man, uh, David. He's marching, he's searching him. He's, not, he's leaving no, any stone unturned over, you see? So he's just going after him, searching him. Now David and his men were in the desert of Maon, in the Arabah, south of Jeshmon. Saul and his men began the search, and when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Maon. He went into the rock, a place where no one can find it. I think Michael Jensen showed us a few weeks ago that how it was looking, really is, is, is a safe haven. It's a place where no one can find you. And yet, Saul was coming. Was coming. So what is the point that I'm telling you here? Saul, as he was coming, he was coming. So now he's getting closer. It's like a movie, isn't it? Saul was going along one side of the mountain, and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men, 
to capture him, a messenger came to Saul, saying, come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Now God himself sending an angel to tell Saul that you have to abandon your pursuit for David because a greater danger is, is there. David is not taking away anything from you, but those forces they will come, who are coming, they will inflict more, even serious, really, harm to you. They will kill your people. They will take all your resources and your livelihood. And so David, I mean Saul, who was seeing, you could see from, he was just so concerned so much about his, his status as a king. His kingdom is going to be ruined. And so that is why he returned. So what I'm saying here is this. When your downfall seems to be imminent, when things look real to be bad and that there is no escape for you, that you are not going to enjoy life anymore, if this one single incident happens to you, and then things are going to be really devastating to you. So when things look like that, definite, unavoidable, for you as a believer, as a child of God, who does not rely on his own understanding, own cleverness, and might, or wealth, or anything, even your friends, your community, your knowledge, everything. There will always be a Salah HaMalakoth. God will send his messenger, and that place will be the dividing place between you and what was going to ruin your life. This is what David was going to experience. And that is what every true believer in Christ will experience. When things look to be bad, there will always be Salah Amalachos, a dividing wall or a rock of salvation or a rock that will protect you. There will be an action of God that will be clear to you that is of him. When all the chances so zero. Didn't Jesus promise us that when we are brought into the presence of dignitary people who are accusing us in the courts that he will give us words in the times to say, isn't it? Words. Or even we will behave in a certain way. I mentioned this in the past, like the, the security in Egypt was tied. You cannot just leave your back anyway. When they were fighting in the 90s and late 90s, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the terrorists. So if you are in any institutions, you cannot leave a back and I think it's the case. You cannot leave anything also even in, in Melbourne airports, in certain places, government offices. You cannot do that. So I was doing something, and the line was just so long, and I was just like, my bag was dragging it, and then I left my bag behind. And then the line was just so long, and then I was just, I got to the uh, window that was immigration. I was trying to apply for a visa for someone. And, and then I finished, and then someone came there, and then the security person and took my bag and took it ooh, to the office to the high-ranking person. And the, the guy opened my bag and went through my note. That was the day I was going to preach a sermon. And then one point of my sermon was like, shame to he who does not believe in Christ Jesus. And so they read those things. This guy, he was going through my Bible and all my papers. And so this guy came back, and he was looking around, and I was looking for my bag. And I said, oh, what's that your bag? And I said, oh, come follow me. And then I followed him. And then I got into this room, office, and this high-ranking guy guy in jackets and he was just sitting when he saw me he laughed he said oh you are very tall <laughs> that was what he said and I just smiled I just smiled I didn't know what to say and then he said to me please don't leave your bag behind he gave it to me 
Yes, so I could have been interrogated so much as I did. There will always be Salah and Malakos for those who put their trust in the Lord. Verse 22 of Matthew 10, Jesus says this. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Jesus promised that to whoever believes in him. David was hated and yet trusted in the Lord and he was saved. So there will always be salam alaikum. So let me rehearse these things to you. Do not go against the voice of the Lord to you as you seek the Lord for your future. Don't. Don't go against the Lord. If the Lord is laying something on your heart, please do it. Learn to fight your battles through the Lord himself. Do not just fight people. People are, can be instruments in the hand of the evil one. Uh, even the anointed people like Saul. So do that. Do not blame those who may mistreat you or may not grant you your petition or <laughs> will not meet your expectation. Don't blame them because God may use those situations to usher you into your destiny. So remember this. And also, God will not deliver you into the hands of your enemies. He has promised. And finally, when things look really grim and dark and so bad, there will always be escape. There, God will act supernaturally. That is what he did here. He sent an angel, Malak, Malaika. That was in the Old Testament. So a messenger. Could be in the form of a man, a person who is taking a message. Or could be real angel. Malachi is the same name. But in that situation, I suspect that that was a real angel from the Lord. Angel from the Lord. There will be a rescue mission for God to come. Let us pray.